This is Sam Stav, and you're listening to Follow Your Spirit. All right, it is June 11th. I guess at the time of this recording, I guess we'll see if I uh, if I get <laughs> if I'm expedient on turning around on June 11th. But uh, here we are in the in uh, the middle of June. The First round, I suppose, the first set of games, I guess, uh, the better way to put it, of the World Cup has uh, has finished up. Uh, whole league had a, had a little World Cup uh, break, if you will. Things are back in order this week. Uh, I had the pleasure of talking with Sam Staub. America finished up today with a, what, 36 to nothing? No. Uh, <laughs> what was it? Uh, 13. 13 to nothing. It's funny. Someone asked me the the line on that was five goals, and I was like, "Ah, five? That's a lot of goals, right? That's a that's a lot of score." I mean, they crushed it. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, kind of hard to glean anything from such a dominant performance, but anything from the ladies from today that uh, that was is worth pointing out. You think? I mean, you know, it's hard when you're playing a team like Thailand, but uh, thirteen goals is thirteen goals, and. I think that sets them up really well to win the group and always good to see uh, clinical finishing early on in a tournament like that. So yeah. can't complain too much. Um, definitely. I think if you look at the stat line, 40 shots and 20 of them were on goal. Um, and I would like to think that um, in a game where they were able to be so dominant and so, um, so uh forward that some of the world cup jitters got out of their system a little bit right that right. that excitement because uh for you know 20 shots on you know 50 is uh is good but you would think in um in a game where they could really just pick the shots they wanted almost um that that, would, that that percentage would be a little bit better but i imagine a lot of those shots came from really excited players who maybe uh, pull the trigger too soon, let it fly too high, stuff like that. So um, Thailand probably a uh, a good first matchup to get some of those uh, World Cup jitters and excitement uh, out of the way. Um, I mean, other than Australia getting upset by Italy, um, I didn't know what to say um, about it other than the Matildas let it one go. Um, yeah. Didn't show up for that. Any other surprises you think out of the first set of games? Um, great to see Argentina tie Japan. Yeah. Um, I think that was huge for those that watched. Um, Benini had a phenomenal game, really stood out there. So good to see um, both current and former spirit players doing well in the World Cup. Always fun to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then looking at uh, spirit players out in, uh, in it, I think other than the U.S., um, uh, was there any any other spirit players that that had a um, beneficial first game? I don't think so. Did they? Nope. No. I mean, there was other people, but they no one really scored or anything. Right. Yeah. Uh, looking ahead at uh, of of match day two, um, which which matchup are you particularly looking forward to? I'm I'm eager to see Australia Brazil and see if Australia can yeah. bounce back. Yeah. Um. I think tomorrow or whenever this comes, June 12th, France plays Norway. I think that's um, going to be uh, an interesting matchup. And 
I think England-Argentina will be another one to keep an eye on. Just some good, like, evenly matched games, possibly. Um, also, just I'd love to see if Argentina can keep it up uh, again or if that game against Japan was just a fluke. Yeah, well, I think... Um... I think I think Scotland showed that England can be hung around with, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if you play your game right. And I think uh, you know we all know Benny knows how to um, how to do that. Uh, I'm also uh, tomorrow uh, for the first game of the set is uh, Nigeria and Korea. I'm eager to see if uh, if if Franny comes out and yeah. um, and does her thing in, in a game where where matchup might be more favorable favorable for her. Uh, very good. Well, the World Cup underway. Very exciting. Uh, but we are here to talk about the Washington Spirit. Uh, the Spirit uh, managed to come away with yet another win uh, against a team that kind of is really the only blemish, really, if you would, going into this game, uh, was the only blemish really on their record in the beginning of the season. Um Going into it, what expectations did you have? Um, I know we talked about it briefly on the podcast, but when you were finally there and, and seeing everything, what you know, um, based off of uh, how things developed later in the week and then sort of the vibe there at the Plex, like, what, what tell us about the, the atmosphere there? Yeah, I mean, um, it was it was a nice day. Not as many people showed up as at the beginning as I had anticipated, just because. Um, you know, DC United was playing that night as well. But I think that Utah, the Utah fans, um, not necessarily all of them from Utah, but they traveled well. There was a lot of oh, interesting. Royals fans there. Um, there's some local talent on uh, on Utah, so definitely some big family support there. But I thought they brought some good energy as well. And um I was kind of feeling the same way as we talked on the podcast, you know, low scoring game, going to be probably a draw would be good. Um, wasn't expecting too much because, uh, you know, that doesn't always go great if you expect too much. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was nice. And then once the game actually started, you know, the spirit took it to them and it was nice to see. Yeah. Um, Aubrey Bledsoe with uh, with yet another shutout, um, four shutouts for her now on the season. Thirty two saves. She tops the league uh, in both categories. Um, I mean, how long until she's playing with the rest of them on the national team? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think once this this cycle is over, she's got to be in that conversation. Um, I think. We've seen her develop even from last year on some things and just cleaning things up. But I think what's most impressive to me is she's just become such a, a leader back there. Um, and you could tell after the game that she'd been uh, kind of shouting her shouting her heart out there because she had absolutely no voice left. And, um, you know, it's good to see. You need your goalkeeper to be that vocal presence for you. And so... It, I think that that's one area that she seems to be improving in and it's almost making her job easier. And I think that's visible in the, the defense this season, you know, it's not, they're not leaving her out to dry on so many opportunities. And you would think that that would have been 
the opposite that would have happened after losing so many um, veterans on the back line. But uh, she's definitely helped them stick together back there. And I hope within the next year or two, we see her on the national team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ashley Hatch uh, gets a goal and which was also nominated uh, for goal of the week. And uh, we were all waiting for her to, uh, after being rookie of the year, coming over the spirit to, uh, to be this presence. And boy, has she started doing that this uh, finding good form at this part of the season. Yeah. Um, if you want to watch uh, a fun player during this world cup break, Ashley Hatch is, is the player to watch. Um, I don't think there's anyone that's as hot as her right now. And just like I said, watching her kind of separate herself from defenders is a thing of beauty right now. And that's how she scored uh, her goal. And I think that that is how she set up a couple of opportunities for her teammate or her teammates. And I think that that led to Dorian Bailey's goal. So um, yeah, not, not a hotter player in the NWSL right now. Yeah. Um, What else? uh, Following our discussion here, uh, the listeners will hear my interview with Sam Staub. And when I asked her who her unsung hero on the, on the spirit uh, is, uh, she said, Maggie, uh, who we all know and love, and and it's not a um, you know no surprise on that answer. How do you, but I think she's a great answer for that because when I when I um, when I pose the question to to players, I always say you know someone who's not on the highlight reel, who's not put filling up the stat sheet, but is definitely contributing to the success of the team. And I think that almost describes her to a T. What have you been seeing th- from her in this first third of the season? Yeah, I think there are three players that have had drastically different seasons from last year. Um, You know, you look at Maggie, obviously, uh, Tori, and then Andy. And those three players weren't necessarily favored um, a whole lot last season. Obviously, Andy was, but it was a tough transition. But the difference in play from those three from last year to this year is just crazy. Um, It's so much fun to watch them right now. And, you know, Maggie was hard. Or she was having trouble not only cracking the starting lineup, but she wasn't even getting subbed into a lot of games last season. So to see her out here playing really well alongside, you know, an Andy Sullivan, um, it's fun to watch. And I think that the two of them specifically are a really good combo. Yeah. Uh, Dorian Bailey, the other spirit to uh, to to get a goal against Utah. She got in the 70, 70th minute uh, just shortly before uh, being substituted for uh, Bailey Feist. What have you seen from her so far? She talked to us after the game, and she was just so thrilled about being able to score, you know. And um, she was saying that she's played so defensively as of late that it was nice to be able to be freed up a little bit and get up into the attack. And in that first half, she hit a beautiful shot right off the post, like square off the post. And uh, then in the second half, pretty much had an identical opportunity and put it in the back of the net. So I just, I think that not only Dorian Bailey, but the rookies in general are just, 
they're developing really well at this point. And anybody that was skeptical about uh, all those picks in the first round definitely uh, should should reevaluate and see what these players are putting together for the spirit because I think they're a big reason they're doing so well right now. Yeah. Um, other other spots on the stat line um, worth bringing up. There was the the spirit had. 15 shots, two of them on goal, and those two, of course, went in. Um, Utah, I think, though, uh, I think, you know, if you look at it, like, well, that, that's a big, I think Utah's the explanation there, right? Uh, solid back line that made it more difficult for the Spirit to get on frame. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's interesting because I thought that um, coming into this game, their entire ideal back line, uh, is gone for the, uh, the yeah. World Cup. Yeah, so fair, yeah. coming in, you're like, oh, you know, what is this going to put together? But I thought they, they did pretty well. I think that they the Spirit were just able to break a couple lines for them, but um, weren't necessarily getting that final uh, touch on the ball. And I do have to say, you know, they had some players step up for them. So, uh I don't think that it was necessarily uh, two shots kind of seems like they didn't get a whole lot going for them, but um, they definitely dominated the overall play of the game. I think that just that final uh, pass kind of let them down a little bit. Yeah. Um, Anyhow, 2-0 win brings the spirit to the top of the table with 16 points. Portland's in second with a 14 Utah with 13, North Carolina with 12. With seven games played, their positive goal differential of eight uh, is also uh, tied for league best with North Carolina, who um, has a positive goal differential because when they win, boy, do they win. Um, You know, have we reached the point of the season? And like you mentioned before, you don't want to set expectations too high because that's how you get disappointed. But... You have to have expectations um, that are realistic and fair for the level of talent. Um, we, you know, I brought up on, I think on the last podcast that in the first few weeks, there was a lot of people who were like, holy smokes, is this, are the spirit really doing this? Um, and that's turned a little bit more into, yes, the spirit, like this is the spirit now. Is it like, have we moved past that uh, initial surprise? And is it fair to expect them to be the favorite in the games they play? Yeah, I mean, especially I think if you look at home games, they should absolutely be the favorite in every home game moving forward. Um, They're just playing a really good brand of soccer right now. And I think the fortress at the Plex is finally back. Uh, But, you know, you look at who they're going to get back and you got... Lagarzo and Harrison gives you some depth of outside back that they they so badly need. Um, adding Mallory Pugh and Rose Lavelle back, who both scored for the U.S., um, gets Shayna back, who you know is another explosive forward up front and played really well along Ashley alongside Ashley Hatch and Mal Pugh at the beginning of the season. So you can only see this team getting better from here, and it's one thing my dad and I were actually talking about after last game. It's like, all right, all those players are coming back, but it's where do you put them in this lineup? You know, like this team is so 
well put together right now. And then you're going to add all these players back. And it's almost like, where do you put them? So um, I think that they have so much talent right now that it's going to keep getting better as the season goes on because you can't have enough talent, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, having 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 pe- having players that could start on other teams be the ones that come off the bench later in the game is a good problem to have. Yep. Um, would you, is it fair to say, um, and I want to know what point in the season you think maybe you, if at the beginning of the season, this was the case and please tell me, uh, is it fair to say that out of all the goalkeepers, including those on the national team, that Aubrey Bledsoe is arguably the best goalkeeper in the NWSL right now? I think that that's, uh, right now, obviously you say that, um, not even a question. I would make a case that even at the beginning of the season, you could have said yeah. that, um, you know, Alyssa Nair is a great goalkeeper and she plays really well for the national team. But even when you look at her in NWSL play, it's not something that's blowing you away. Um, I think your only other case would probably be AD French. Um, yeah. that's why she's a two time goalkeeper of the year or three, excuse me if I got that wrong, Portland fans don't come at me. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can't, you can't, um, argue that right now. And I think that's why she's going to have that opportunity to go, go play for the national team eventually. And, you know, it's almost like a question of, well, is it good that we're seeing all this from her? But, um, yeah, I think that the spirit are in a good spot right now with having her in the back. Yep. Um, and just a reminder to anybody, to everybody, uh, we have we have Bledsoe, uh, and we got her for a um, we got her and a first round pick in exchange for Shalina Zadorsky. Yeah. So I want to read. I want to say that again. We got her and the first round pick uh, yeah. for Shalina Zadorsky. And if you were to try to re, if you were to renegotiate that trade now, it would definitely be her for Shalina and her first rounder, right? Right. Like it would, that, that first round had the swap side. So uh, that is the bargain in which we got uh, the, the goalkeeper who was on top of not only her game, but on top of the NWSL uh, as far as goalkeepers are concerned. This week, the spirits are traveling off to Seattle who um, are, are seem to are still trying to find their footing um especially amidst uh you know amidst the the world cup time of the year um but as you said can't set high expectations too high and i think spirit fans are never going to be so bold as to to set their expectations too high when when the team goes to the northwest um but i think with the spirit in the form that they're in and when you look at the two squads on who's available and 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 who's not I think it's fair to say the Spirit are the favorites and that anything, I think a draw would be a win for Seattle. Yeah, um, I think that the biggest thing that the Spirit have to, to look out for in this game is uh, their, their kryptonite, like always, um, Jess Fishlock. She yeah. always seems to give them fits for years now. Um, and she's back in, in her first game back had an absolutely amazing game against North Carolina. So it'll be very interesting. Also, that field is kind of weird how it's set up because it's on a baseball field. So 
Uh, I think just getting out there and getting accustomed to that as quickly as possible will only benefit them. Yeah. Um, and then the, the week after that, uh, they, um, they come back home and they host, where's my schedule? Uh, they host the, the goodness, where's it there? They host the Houston dash, uh, for pride night, which, uh, Jordan, I have blocked it off of my calendar. No one has been allowed to get my Saturday that weekend. Cause I am determined <laughs> to make it to the Plex for the first official pride night to my first game of the season and to have my first ice cream with my colleague Jordan Small. I'm looking uh, <laughs> forward to all of that, uh, but we will discuss that game next week. Jordan, before we before we sign off and uh, get on to my interview with Sam Staub, I have big news that a lot of people have been waiting for. I want to first uh, thank everybody for their patience as this has been like a half a year in the making, but... <laughs> Aubrey Bledsoe just emailed me yesterday and gave the thumbs up on the design ideas um, that we had for her. So we have a we, we're going to have a white shirt with black and a purple accent, um, and that was by request of Aubrey. Purple's her favorite color. We want and we make these shirts for the player, right? We make these shirts um, to, to represent them as much as we can, but. Aubrey did say, she's like, but I want people to like it. She was nervous. She was nervous about the purple. <laughs> um, so we are also going to be offering a red shirt with white and blue accents uh, to sort of be a fun, uh, both spirit colors and sort of a, uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun. It, the blue is the same blue that the, the women's team had on their jerseys. Okay. Um, sort of a like, hey, we're ready for her to be a part of that squad. Um <laughs> So there's going to be a white shirt and a red shirt um, uh, for the for the Bledsoe shirts. And Jordan, you and I have already started discussing uh, players to consider for the next one. And um, a few of you had hit me up on people who are part of the shirt club on Patreon. Like, hey, is this still a thing going on? It is. I apologize. It has taken a few months to do it. But Bledsoe pre-orders and orders about to kick off. And then, Jordan, I'm hoping – um, the next couple designs are probably going to sort of overlap. So rather than start and finish, start and finish, we might start a couple at the same time uh, so that we can get some uh, get these shirts going because these are a lot of fun. These are fun to make, fun to, um, you know, the sales go to uh, to charity. Uh, 20% of the proceeds go to uh, charity of the player's choice, which is uh, it's always fun to do, uh, to do anything that benefits others, right? So... Um, all of that to say, thank you for your patience. And by the time you hear this, um, it'll either have, I've already had tweeted something out or something would be in the can ready to push out. So by the end of the week, um, your opportunity to pre-order, uh, the blood. So shirts, uh, will be there a note on uh, anybody who, um, it will, what am I trying to say here? Hoodies will be an option. But only in pre-order. I'm not. We will not be stocking any hoodies. But if you would like this in a hooded form, um, that'll be that will be available in pre-order, and that will be the only opportunity to do so. So, um, there's that. Jordan, I know you're excited. I'm excited. I've been waiting for this shirt for a while. I'm I ready. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, keeper shirts, all about it. Yes. Um, and it's. It's uh, it's nice. I liked uh, I liked the design. The, the, we there were so many tweakings on this. So, like um, 
you know, getting getting Aubrey's feedback and then like sending it over to my design guy and so doing this like three-way conversation admits <laughs> like like Aubrey was busy in one uh, like one month and so like and then like my design guy was busy and then I was busy in a month so it just turned into this long long affair. Uh, but no excuses. It's fine. It's finally here. Do you think you're gonna want the white or the red? I don't. Can you send me a picture of them? So like, I don't know. The purple sounds really cool, though. It, it, the, so the, the the purple the purple is pretty cool. Um, the we went with white with black and purple accents because the black with white and purple accents didn't bring the purple out enough. Gotcha. Uh, and we wanted to make sure that that you know um, uh, that that part got uh, shown well because you know that was uh, it's Aubrey's favorite color and, and right. Uh, but yes, I will. I will send. And you can have you can have one of both if you want one of both. So um, very good, Jordan. Am I missing anything regarding the the Washington Spirits going into uh, the game this weekend or anything that is that has passed us by in the past week and a half? No, I think I think we got it all. I think we got it all. All right, very good. Well, we will do this again next week, uh, discussing the game in Seattle, previewing uh, the Houston game on the twenty second, and we'll we'll do any World Cup chatter that's that's worthy of that at that time. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Here is my interview with Sam Staub. Enjoy, Sam. Let's. We're, we're going to start this uh, interview where we like to start a lot of these interviews, and that's going all the way back to uh, when you were introduced to the game of soccer. When, how, how, do you remember when you first laced on your first pair of cleats and got out there doing a little footy ball? I do, I do. I was on the junior men's. So I was five years old with all of my friends, and we got out there and just kicked the ball around a little just little kids running all around the field. It was so cute. But, yep, my first team, we were the junior men. I still have the picture, our team picture. I'm still friends with a lot of the girls, actually. Very good. The junior mints. Yes. That's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were it, cute. And also also my favorite uh, movie theater snack, our junior mints. Oh, really? See, yes. I'm not a fan. I was actually about to say that. I'm not a big fan of junior mints, but that was our team name, and we are green well appropriately appropriately green yeah <laughs> so then yeah. uh so like your little kid like what kept you in the sport what was it about soccer that you enjoyed um uh, well i actually played with uh, my friends on like a community team until i was 14 so i was just like we were just there having fun it was like my best friends and we all played together and then i realized that if i wanted to like keep playing in college, I'd have to go to like a t- like a serious team, like a serious club team, and I switched club teams to like a travel team. And the girls that I met were just like so much fun. They're like sisters to me now. And um, my coach Felicia Capes, she is like a mentor, like a second mom. She was just like amazing and just guided us all so well. And I just loved being in that atmosphere and that environment with all of them. I think that really kept me going through all of, all these years. And so, um, as you as you progressed on through your uh, your you know, high school, college stuff like that, um, at at what point did you realize you had the potential to go pro? Um, honestly, I didn't decide to keep playing until my senior season at school. 
Um, I mean, every girl has like a dream. Every little girl has a dream to like play professional soccer when they're younger. And I did have that dream and I am so glad it worked out, but you know, everyone has highs and lows in their career. And, um, in college, there was just times where I felt a little bit burnt out. And so I did actually create like another path for myself. I graduated with an accounting degree. And so I kind of just like got really into school, got really into accounting when soccer like wasn't going how I wanted it to. And um, so I kind of had that all set up. And then my senior year, I just like completely fell back in love with the game. Like I was just like, this just makes me so happy. I have so much fun like playing soccer, like playing with these girls. That's like, I don't think that I can give up on that dream quite yet. And so um, pretty much my senior year, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do it. And I just had so much fun, like just playing because it was like what made me happy. And I think that's a lot of the reason why I like started to do really well my senior year and really realized that I could be a professional athlete, be a professional soccer player. And I think it all worked out for the best. And I'm very happy that it did. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, what do you think it was about that senior year that made you feel a little something special about the game again? Um, I, so I had a few camps with the under-23s, and I just absolutely loved BJ's coaching style. He was, BJ Snow was our coach, and I just loved his style. He really, like, instilled confidence in every single one of us and, like, really wanted us to play and use our strengths the way that, like, he just kind of got all of us to use our strengths and that's how like our team played really well together. And then I think my senior year, I just kind of realized that like, I need to like use my strengths, play towards my strengths. And then just like, I just had a lot of fun with it. I took the pressure all out of it. It wasn't about winning and losing. It was about like just getting better, growing as like a person, as a soccer player, all of that. I just kind of took the pressure out of it and um, it all worked out for the better. I was, so much happier playing so much more free and I think I ended up like playing better in that sense also yeah uh, you know you said you know uh growing up and you know so many young girls have the aspiration to to go pro um but growing up even even for the younger generation when when you were growing up there wasn't a lot of exposure on professional women's sports what sort of exposure did you have what you know what uh, what influences were there for uh for you growing up um honestly there really wasn't much besides just watching our national team i think i've seen the movie dare to dream probably 30 or 40 times just me and my friends from my club team would watch it and we'd just all be like we want to be like those girls like they're so cool there's just like everything that we looked up to Mia Hamm, Abby Wambach, all the people in the uh, the movie was uh, everything that we wanted to be. And I think that's a lot of the reason why we looked up to them and just their success and how just great of people they were, not just like tremendous athletes. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned your, your senior year that was uh, that was done at Clemson. Uh, what drew you to, uh, to play yeah. for the Tigers? Um, so I'm from San Diego and like, I wanted to do something different for a while. And my parents really encouraged me and they were like, you know, this is the time where you can just go be your own person, be an individual, get it out, experience something different. And so I, I really wanted to do that. And they really pushed me to do it as well. And so when I was looking at schools, I really wasn't looking anywhere close to home. 
And when I got to Clemson, I just honestly fell in love with the atmosphere, the environment. Like it really is like a family atmosphere there. I absolutely loved going there. And I think for my first visit, like 20 minutes in, I was like, you know what? I'm going here. Like I didn't need, I didn't need to see everything. I just like felt such a great vibe when I was on campus. And I was like, you know, I need, I need to go here. I'm going to go here. And it was awesome. It was so different from home. Like it's crazy how we all live in the same country, but like <laughs> different coasts are so different, but it was really awesome. And I don't regret it at all. Yeah. Uh, very good. Well, you were drafted fourth overall in the first round of the 2019 NWCO draft by the Washington spirit. Um, I mean, you had to have gone into the draft with some sort of inkling that you were going to come out of there having been drafted, but still, what was it like hearing your name called? Um, honestly, it was unreal. I, I like blacked out. I was in shock. <laughs> I was so excited. I was so like, I honestly, I don't, the only reason I know what I said in my speech was because there's a video of it. I seriously <laughs> don't remember it. Like, I was literally so excited, so shocked, so happy that I blacked out. Like, <laughs> I literally don't remember it. <laughs> but it was just, it was awesome. Like, I don't remember shaking Richie's hand at the draft. I, I remember hugging my mom and my brother, but I don't remember much else. But I, it was just so, like, once everything, once I decompressed, once I calmed down, I was so happy. I was just so excited. And it was just, they did a really good job of putting the draft together and making it feel really special. And I just, I, the whole experience was so fun and so exciting. And I was so glad that my family and some of my friends and my coaches were there to experience it all with me. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, you know, and, um, you know, it doesn't matter what, at what level, it doesn't matter what sports or what, there's something about the draft of this sort of like this threshold of going from college or amateur to pro by selection of a draft. It's like this like amazing moment. And I'm, uh, it's always fun to watch players it experience really that. It was really special. What would you say is, um, what, what has been your biggest adjustment then from college to pro? Um, I would just say like the speed of thought and the speed of play is different on the pitch. Like everything just has to be quicker, that everyone's better, faster, stronger than whoever you're playing in college. So everything just has to be like that as well for yourself. I think on the field, that was the biggest adjustment. And then off the field, I think just like managing my time because I have so much of it now. I wasn't so like in college, I was just so busy. Like you're always busy going to class, practice homework all that stuff but here you just got to worry about training worry about yourself and I think that was like a big adjustment I thought I was forgetting things for a while but I just had nothing else to do for the rest of the day I didn't have a class <laughs> to go study for anything so <laughs> I think that was a really big adjustment um, off the field I think that was a bigger one yeah that's... I was just freaking out that I was missing an assignment or something when I really had nothing have you uh, have you woken up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night thinking that you had forgotten to do something? I probably at the beginning when I first got here, I was I loved like my planner, like I'm a big organizer, scheduler, and I for the first week I was here, I was like, where is my planner? Like, I where is it? What do, what do I have to do for the week? What's my assignment? And then I was like, you know what? No, Sam, you're fine. You're fine. Like, you don't have that to do anymore. You graduated. Like, <laughs> you're done. <laughs> So the the Washington Spirits this season are um, 
you know, going into this season, they were coming off of two seasons that left so many of the fans and other stakeholders just desiring for and yearning for more. And this team, this squad, comes together and puts together one of the most exciting beginning of the seasons that I think this fan base has seen. What's it like to be a part of this squad with this early success, getting the getting the getting a fan base that had that all but sort of sort of wondered what was in, in store for th- for their team now excited every day about soccer um it has honestly been amazing like it's been so great the staff our new ownership the new coaches like all of the new girls are just like awesome i love going into training every day I don't get sick of it. I think a big thing of why we're having so much success is we actually really enjoy each other's company off the field as well. We do a lot of stuff every week together. Like we'll go to the movies, we'll go to dinners. um, We'll go to like DC United games. There's just like always something every week that we're doing together. And the coaches really want us to like really enjoy each other's company, both on and off the field. And I think that connection that we've made has really helped with our success at least at the beginning of this season and like winning scoring goals and just playing really good soccer yeah what are um what's what's an area of your game that you're currently focusing on improving um i would say uh just like tactically making better decisions on the ball to like set other things up going forward like kick-starting attacks and stuff like that not just like playing to play but like with a purpose yeah um which you said that you have such a great relationship with the other people other players on the team um i'm gonna make you commit to one no more than two players and the answers to these um which player do you feel like you have the most chemistry with on the pitch um on the pitch i would say i think i think Paige and i really get along well like the center back duo i think we really have good chemistry um and I think that's obviously very important but I think we also enjoy each other's company and stuff and we'll hang out and talk about the game or talking about upcoming opponents as well like off the field but then on the field I think we really understand each other and I think we also both play a very different style of soccer but it kind of like goes together well and so that's all also fun and like we'll bounce ideas off of each other and kind of help each other out as well, which I think is super important. I think that's why we've also been like a successful like duo at center back. Yeah. What about off, off the pitch? Who do you have the most chemistry with? Um, I would come to say my roommates, Jordan and Tegan. We're like always together, just making dinner, hanging out. We car- I mean, obviously carpool every day together. So I'm with them the most. And I would say probably those two. So you, you you mentioned you've found yourself with so much time now that uh, now that you're not uh, attending classes and doing what else one one does on a college campus. So when you're not on the pitch, when you're not at practice, when you're not in a game, what uh, what do you find yourself doing? Um, I I mean I talk to my parents and my family a lot. I like to like show them around our area. I like to go like explore and do new things. I'm actually on a walk right now. I love walking around our area. Um, but we do a lot of stuff together. So there's a lot of like activities that we'll do throughout the day. Like we'll go to yoga or like we'll watch the bachelorette together, go to dinners together. Everyone really hangs out a lot together. So there's new, there's different activities every day, every week. Um, but a lot of the stuff that I do on my own, I mean, 
it's pretty like relaxed you get tired from training and stuff and I'll just like go for walks or talk to people from home because I'm updated about what's going on but we do a lot of stuff together as well yeah very good um who who do you believe might be an unsung hero on the team maybe someone who isn't uh isn't filling up the stat sheet or or making highlights but is is seriously contributing to the success of the team um i would say maggie uh Jordy howard mdh she is just like such a stud in my eyes she like just kills it in the midfield i know i always have her as a passing option i think she like really helps connect our team from like back to front and I don't think she's scored this year or anything, but I really think that she um, impacts the game and influences us very positively on the field. Yeah, very good. Um, I know. Uh, I, I know that um, you're still still new to the squad with, with, with the first season, but I'm sure um, now that you've gotten a few games at the Plex, now you've heard the Spirit Squadron cheering you on. Do you have a favorite Spirit Squadron chant? Um, I like the one that we all do at the end of the game where we just like are all clapping and um, cheer at the end of the game. I'm trying to think. I don't usually hear a lot of the chants during games. Mm. I kind of just like get super focused and zone in, <laughs> but I like when we all like, I like when we all cheer together, like when our whole team goes over at the end of the game and we'll just like be chanting with them as well. Yeah. Very good. Um, the, uh, you're going into, uh, Seattle this week, you return, uh, next week to host, uh, host Houston and then following hosting the courage. Um, no, no easy set of games for sure. Uh, what's on your mind? Going, what's, what's on your mind going into Seattle? I think we're just, um, ready to get a result. I think we've been preparing really well. Um, I think we're just looking to keep our hot streak going, keep playing the good soccer we've been playing and, Kind of just get a result out of this weekend, play well, play our style of game, not trying to get influenced by anyone or any other teams. And I think we'll be able to come out with a good result. Yeah. Uh, the World Cup's going on right now. Of course, all of us are cheering on uh, our, our our United States women's national team. But uh, if I told you uh -huh. the U.S. women's team did not win the World Cup, if I told you they did not win, who do you think upset them? Um, I obviously hope that they do win, but if they didn't, I would say probably France would be the team that I would think would be able to upset them if anyone. Yeah. And they're uh, playing in the, potentially playing each other in the quarterfinals, so that'll be interesting. It will. It will. Um, I might have also included Australia in that conversation, but uh, an upset uh, makes that more challenging for them, so... Uh, we'll see if, yeah, if Sam Kerr and the squad and the Matildas can uh, can bounce back. Uh, Sam, just one more yeah. question for you: um, if if you were to produce a podcast there at the Washington Spirits, and you had to choose two of your teammates to ho to co-host it, w which teammates would you choose, and what would they talk about? Oh, okay. Um, I would say Sammy Joe. And um, 
who else? And maybe Meg Crossan. I just think they would be, I think their TV, I just think they're hilarious. And I think we would all just talk about, we've all start, said we wanted to start a blog, but <laughs> um, I think for a podcast, I think we would just kind of like talk about our lives and then try and uh, talk to other people about like what they think that our life is as a professional athlete. And then kind of just like going off that. Um, I think Sammy Joe and Meg would be hilarious as well because they're just, I think they're the funniest people on our team. They crack me up every single day. <laughs> Very good. Well, <laughs> Sam, I, I, uh, I appreciate you uh, being patient with me earlier. I appreciate you joining me. And uh, myself and my colleague Jordan Small are looking forward to, uh, to seeing you play in Seattle and hopefully coming back with a nice set of three points. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs>